This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we're taking a look at what's happening in North Carolina politics for the week of Monday, February 8th. For the News and Observer and NC Insider, I'm Don Baumgartner Vaughn, your host for this episode of Under the Dome. We're relaunching the podcast for 2021 with a little bit of a different format. You'll get episodes twice a week, starting with our Monday look-aheads to what's coming in NC Poll. And this is Monday, February 8th. And there are three big things ahead this week. Uh, COVID relief, schools reopening bill, and the revenue forecast. With me today is my colleague, Colin Campbell. And we're going to talk about these three big issues coming up, um, who they'll affect, and and what's at play. So, Colin, why don't you start us off? Let's look at COVID relief and and what uh, what the General Assembly has to spend, uh, what they want to do, and and what Cooper's going to sign or not. Yeah, so we're already sort of well along the path with the first round of COVID relief, the bill that passed both the House and Senate unanimously last week. Um, initially it was just a bill to like change some deadlines because originally they had to spend all of last year's money by the end of December, Congress changed that. So now they have, you know, in in some cases, well into 2022, uh, to figure out how to get some of this money out the door. Um, and so that was the initial plan for this, but then they added what ended up being about $2 billion, uh, worth of new money coming in from the latest, uh, federal stimulus package. And they sort of fast tracked those because they were dealing with, Schools reopening, vaccine distribution, and then uh, rental assistance for people who are, you know, potentially getting evicted uh, and that sort of thing. So that um, really didn't have much opposition to it at all. Passed unanimously. The governor was clearly in support of it. He, uh, as we're recording this, he hasn't signed it yet, but he's pretty much expected to. Um, but then the next phase of it, I think, is where things get a little bit trickier um, and will be a little bit more of a sausage making process in the legislature. Uh, because the next bill will drill more into some how to spend some of the new funds. Um, and in this case, they're going to allow amendments and that sort of thing. So that bill is supposed to come out sometime this week um, if they budget writers can all get their stuff together and, uh, and put that out there. Um, and that'll go through the committee process and uh, have amendments and people will have different, you know, pet projects for that or, or particular priorities that they have that'll, that'll get debated. So I think that's that's where we may see some fireworks about just exactly how to spend this money and who needs it the most. Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, those of you that followed the the short session over the summer and saw how those COVID relief packages were passed, it, you know, start off in committees of different things and were all rolled together. And this initial bill, the very first bill, the modifications bill, had a lot of that changing deadlines and a chance for extending the application time for those 350 or excuse me, $335 parent checks for those that, um, that didn't get them already, but that that's part of the last bill. And then uh, new money in that bill uh, is related to schools reopening um, $1.6 billion and schools reopening is the other big thing that is uh, happening this week, but has been, you know, a topic for, for months we're going on, you know, we're in early February. It's been since mid-March, um, since some North Carolina public school students have been inside their their classrooms. And this is an issue that Republicans have wanted um, to reopen, to offer this in-person learning for, for several months. And a lot of kids are doing that and school systems are doing that, but it's there's the different plans in which you allow with social distancing and not, and, and you know, not having these eyes on the students 
from teachers, from those who report, you know, potential abuse situations, from uh, students that do better academically, socially, everything, you know, having uh, face-to-face interaction. Some maybe have done better in, in remote learning, you know, but this is this is a massive issue for, you know, for millions of people in this state. And the, the bill that came up this past week um, and has already been passed Senate, um, Senate second reading, on, on Thursday would require schools to have some sort of in-person education. And it's Republicans who are the majority in both chambers, as uh, most of our listeners know. If you don't, that, that's the situation. They don't have a super majority, uh, but they do, have, they do have a majority. And so they run the legislation. And the reopening bill give these options. And then there's the $1.6 billion from the other COVID bill uh, that would help pay for the type of safety precautions and everything else in place. So uh, political watchers will note that the day after this bill was filed, uh, you know, Governor Cooper had a press conference where he said a lot of the things that are in the, the bill, not not requiring schools, which is the, the big thing. It's the, it's the strong urging. And he stood strong up there. Courage, yeah. Yes, yes. And it was with the um, Republican state superintendent, Catherine Truitt, who was, you know, just early in her first term. And she gave everyone a heads up, essentially, at the, the early morning's um, uh, Council of State meeting that that she was looking forward that they were singing from the same psalm book. She said, uh, "So there's a lot of a lot of different uh, there's politics at play, but there's also this this similar issue that both parties agree on that they want students back in class as soon as they can safely. Now, what safely or not depends on." If you agree with every or some of the CDC studies, the ABC collaborative studies, um, and what that what that looks like, uh, so I saw you know some of some of that uh, come out, Colin. I, I know you did too. What do you what do you think about their approach this time as opposed to in the fall when when Republicans were pushing for reopening? Clearly, there's a bill now, which is different. Yeah, and, and I think you're seeing sort of public opinion change. Some of this is based on you know, more definitive CDC guidelines and studies that have come out about just how safe is it to have um, in-person classes before, you know, people are vaccinated. Um, And some of it, I think, is just parents getting fed up. I mean, there's been polling out. Wake County Schools surveyed their parents and found overwhelming support for going back in person. Um, Same for, I think there was a conservative Civitas poll that came out in the last week or so. So I think politicians are realizing that. But at the same time, you still have, you know, the NC Association of Educators that's saying, you know, we're not, we want to be go back too, but we're really concerned about doing that before the vaccination of teachers. And according to, to Mandy Cohen last week, um, that's at least a few weeks away and there's no plans to sub-prioritize the different groups. So when we move on to vaccinating uh, frontline essential employees, teachers aren't ahead of the line of police or grocery store workers or anybody else who's in that group. They're going to have to, you know, wait in line and, you know, hunt for an appointment the same way the 65 and up um, age bracket has been doing for the last month. Um, So you have that sort of tension there of they want vaccines, which, you know, makes sense, but you're also hearing uh, from Cohen and Cooper saying, well, CDC says you don't actually have to vaccinate before it's, it's safe to go back. So, What's been interesting to see how the Senate's handled it with the, the Democrats in the Senate was they ran a bunch of unsuccessful amendments, which you covered, um, trying to make it more safe. I mean, what were some of the things that they had wanted to add to this bill before they would ostensibly support it? 
The most interesting thing to me, I thought, um, was that, and something that's come up every year, our, our K-12 education reporter, Kern Huey, was telling me that it's the school nurses. Um, and Senator Ballard said that that, you know, there are policy things that don't necessarily have to come up in this bill, but uh, Senator Wiley-Nickel and others talked about how North Carolina doesn't have a nurse in every school. It's done better than it has uh, maybe some years ago compared to other states. But I remember growing up in Georgia public schools in the 80s, and we had a school nurse and being surprised as a parent that the school nurse is shared by, and, and I'm a Wake County Schools parent, um, by by three different schools or, you know, more than, more than one, maybe more than two schools. So it's an issue that's been around for a long time that maybe is getting more attention because of coronavirus. Will it come up in another bill that doesn't go anywhere this session or part of the budget? Probably, maybe, you know, we can talk, talk more about that later. Um, but as far as what the school's bill has, is going to affect so many people, the COVID bill, bill is going to expect so, affect so many people. And a lot of, uh, I guess the, the, silver lining to this is that a lot of this is federal money. So North Carolina doesn't even have to worry about their own money, which leads us to our third and final big topic of your preview this week. And that's the revenue forecast. I know, I know everyone's excited to talk about the budget. Uh, at least the, those of y'all that are listening are as excited as it's we really are. It's really budget time. It's I like know, it's exciting. February miracle or something for those of us who love budgeting. So Cooper had two press conferences this past week. Um, and the second one was a, the um, a little bit about what he wants for the budget priorities, not the budget budget, but uh, some of it. You know, he wants bonuses for for teachers and, and some other state employees, uh, but also looking at, you know, how he wants to spend some COVID money, which is already in, you know, bill we've seen and, and probably in uh, the future bill. But anyway, sometime this week, the, according to the state budget director, who's part of Cooper's administration, we'll get the revenue forecast. And it will probably be pretty good for North Carolina. Republicans will tell you that's because they're conservative with money and that we have a really nice rainy day fund and people aren't necessarily going to lose their jobs or they you know, say that they're not. Uh, so things are looking um, pretty sunny for the forecast, probably from what we're going to see. Um, yeah, a lot of that stems from not having a budget for a couple of years, which, you know, maybe was, <laughs> yeah. you know, some unintentional foresight in Cooper and the Republicans not being able to agree on how to spend money. So it's just piled up. Um, you know, I've been looking at it as the, the state's controllers report, which comes out once a month, which you can kind of think about as like the state government's bank statement. Um, you know, you don't necessarily how much money you're going to have down the line, but you know, how much you've got at that snapshot in time. And that's showing well over 4 billion, even up to 5 billion in you know, unspent funds that they're going to be able to potentially work with. But the, the revenue forecast will really give a more clear picture of what to expect going forward. And I imagine it'll be a little bit more conservative than that number, just knowing that there is some volatility in the economy and we don't know if, you know, tax collections could drop in the next six months before, you know, we really start to recover from COVID. Um, but obviously I think Cooper has already sort of, planting his flag on let's use some state dollars for some, uh, you know, relief money. I think to the tune of, was it about 600 million was in his proposal last week? And, you know, I think the the revenue forecast should probably bear that out, that that's, that money is available to be used for either what he's proposing or to, you know, save up for later or do whatever the Republicans in the legislature want to do. 
So money will affect everything, you know, that people decide and, and what you want to spend on, whether it's the federal government's money, which is still all our money, or the, you know, state government's money, um, which is also still all our money. So, yeah. Um, and, and what's fascinating in how they do these things is, is, are you looking at, you know, a state level stimulus for a large number of people, like the extra credit grant checks or the federal stimulus, like all of us get that, whether you know, we actually had any hardship or not, or whether you target it towards the industries that are hurting. And I'm uh, told the Restaurant Lodging Association this week is also going to come out with their uh, proposal for what they want to help the hotel and restaurant and bar industry do to, to recover, because they've been hit so much harder than everybody else. And still, you know, they're still operating at limited capacity, if at all, you know, business travel is still down dramatically. Um, and so a lot of these places are probably going to end up going out of business if there's not something done soon. So that'll be an interesting piece of the puzzle to see whether um, there's an appetite to doing more focused aid than we saw last year. All right. So the revenue forecast is a nice segue into this has been our forecast for the week. It's yeah, we're looking at COVID money and all the stuff tied to that schools reopening. And of course, the what is the revenue picture look like? So I'm sure we'll have some more surprises. That's why we all love North Carolina politics. So for the NNO and NC Insider, I'm Don Vaughn with Colin Campbell. Thanks for listening. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider. And sign up for her weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.